this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is John Powers, co-founder of Clean Capital. On this episode, we talk about what Clean Capital is, their work in financing and operating clean energy assets, both here in Buffalo and across the country. We talk about John's path into clean energy and climate change following his time in the United States military. And we talk macroscopically about the strengths Buffalo Niagara has to offer clean energy companies looking to expand or relocate. Yeah, clean capital. We are investing in uh, solutions to solve the climate crisis. We we basically buy solar assets. Like if you think about this facility that is at uh, Bethlehem Steel uh, on the old uh, land, there's both windmills, but underneath the windmills are solar. Uh, we actually own some of those assets. Uh, so we buy assets all over the country. We're actually in 25 states, uh, including Guam and Alaska. Uh, we've deployed nearly a billion dollars into those assets, and then we help uh, we manage those assets over the long term. So, what we really are trying to do is scale the deployment of clean energy with a better cost of capital. So, I want to get into some of the projects a little bit, but I think it's better yeah. to start um, first with just your background, so people understand that aren't familiar with you. Kind of take us briefly through, obviously, your time serving in the military to getting interested in clean energy and kind of connect the dots up to yeah. being a co-founder of clean capital. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uh, crazy story, honestly, and a bit of a roller coaster. I'll keep it short so it doesn't take up the whole podcast, but uh, I would, I grew up in Clarence, um, did ROTC in college with the John Carroll university and deployed to the military right after graduation. This is pre 9-11. The 9-11 happened while I was in the service. I was stationed over in Germany. Uh, and like many uh, service members in my generation, it was just a life-changing moment. And we got deployed to Iraq in 2003 and 2004. Um, it was really on the ground in Iraq. I mean, I was an elementary education major. Uh, I was always environmentally connected because of being in the scouts and spending a lot of time outdoors. But you know, I wasn't a, a big climate change advocate or something at the time. But, but spending time in Iraq, I really began to understand the impact of our energy policy, um, uh, and you know, knowing we had to have a better, a better way forward. And when I, I moved back to the states, uh, I stayed in the national security space for a while. I actually started a nonprofit to work with kids back in Baghdad. Lived in D.C. for a couple of years, going back and forth, trying to keep sixteen to twenty-five year old Iraqis from being recruited into extremist groups, which is a whole other podcast, probably. Uh, and then um, ran for Congress here in Buffalo in 2008 and lost. But I actually ran on a platform of turning the Rust Belt into the Green Belt and was really interested at the time in the concept of sort of the emerging clean energy economy. Um, and when I finished, I sort of knew that's where I wanted to go. But I first got into it from a national security perspective. So I started to focus a lot on climate change as a national security risk. Ended up working at the Pentagon as the first special advisor on energy to the Army. The Army's got square, three times the square footage of Walmart, uh, but had no energy policy at the time. So we have looked at things like renewables, energy efficiency, uh, electric vehicles, et cetera. Um, that was a fascinating place to learn. Um, and then from there, I went on and served as President Obama's chief sustainability officer. So I had a similar job, but across the rest of the federal government. So, you know, what are we doing as federal agencies to buy more renewables, 
to be more sustainable in our operations. And, you know, in that role, I really began to understand the impact of both renewables, of course, but also uh, just sustainability as a whole and what it can do for your operations. So when I finished, I knew I wanted to sort of stay in that space and ended up first going to a Silicon Valley firm called Bloom Energy and then co-founding Clean Capital in 2015 uh, with my partner, Tom Byrne, and a few others. So we, you and I had met a few months ago, we got coffee, and I forget the exact stat you mentioned to me, but something about like ESG, environmental, social, and governmental yeah. investments being bigger than the GDP of X amount of countries or whatever. So for those listening that might not be, you know, hyper involved in this space, just like level set the scope of these clean energy type projects, um, you know, on such a yeah. large scale. Well, so those are two different pieces. So I want to talk about that. I'll talk about the finance part for a second um, in a minute, but let, just to talk about what a clean energy asset is, right? Many people think about climate change. They don't really know what to wrap their heads around or think about solar. They think about solar on their roof, but you know, when you think about solar that's being bought by, you know, we work with the university of Buffalo, we work with Kaleida, Canisius, other folks that are buying clean energy for their own operations. Um, or Google, Google is going 100% renewable energy in their operations, which means they have to have a lot of power. Um, when, so I'm going to go back to that Bethlehem steel site and that there was solar panels put on a brownfield there. Um, the solar then is being sold to an offtake. Uh, many cases, I think that case it's University of Buffalo, if I remember correctly. Um, and I think Collider and Canisius are tied in as well. And then to finance that, it, you know, it could take tens of millions of dollars to get that thing built and constructed. And that's paid, you know, the reason that the offtake like UB wants to have it is because they can actually most likely pay for power in a very clear way. They, they know that how to budget this out going forward. Now power has a tendency. We're actually pretty lucky here in Western New York because of the hydroelectric dam. We have pretty cheap power. But nationwide, power has been spiking like crazy. So major companies are doing this because they can budget their power out. Right, and they can either they can also save money from what they're paying for the grid. So, and today, just today, actually, is a big announcement. The first time ever, solar is cheaper than gas on the markets. So, you know, people that talk about solar is not economical. So, it's it's actually cheaper than natural. Sorry, I probably shouldn't swear in the podcast, but uh, it's it has become cheaper than natural gas. So, those systems are financed and owned by folks like Clean Capital, and um, but. 10 years ago, you know, people didn't, this market was incredibly nascent, right? And it was actually George Bush uh, and the Democratic Congress that passed the Energy Security Act in 2008 that got solar and clean energy and wind starting to move. When Obama came in, we had what was known as the American Recovery Act. A bunch of money poured into clean energy assets because uh, they were shovel ready. And then the market took off. And as the market took off, the price of panels came down. We started to get a trained, like no one knew how to install solar, right? So we, now we have a highly trained workforce. There's great firms like Solar Liberty here in Western New York that are doing phenomenal work uh, across the state, across multiple states building out solar projects. Um, right around the time the pandemic hit, number one and two jobs in the country in growth were wing technician and solar installer, right? So it's become a critical part of our economy. Um, and so in parallel to that, there's been a cultural shift on climate, right? I like to say, I used to call from Greta to the boardroom. People remember the, the teenager from, 
I think Sweden, uh, Greta Thunberg, who created a big cultural moment pre-pandemic around climate change, and people started to think about and actually act on climate solutions. At the same time, board leaders like the head of BlackRock, the CEO of Google, uh, and others were committing to operating their their within clean energy to, to looking at climate. So a major changes happened, and capital started to flow into the space at unprecedented levels. Um, which is exciting. And, you know, for us, it creates a lot of opportunity. Uh, and now that the a piece of major legislation just passed called the Inflation Reduction Act this summer, climate is a major portion of that and will continue to sort of spark the growth of this market. So you talked That's about- a lot there. Sorry, I feel like I just shoveled a bunch of information to you. But. <laughs> no, super interesting information. Um, you talked about this transition from the Rust Belt to the Green Belt, you know, within the answer, you mentioned the hydropower that Buffalo leverages from the Niagara River. So um, I guess just broadly, like, why do you think Buffalo and Western New York could be poised to capture clean energy investments? Yeah, it's, I think, first of all, we were in many cases, really the birthplace, a lot of this, because you had, I mean, you, there's Tesla, um, Tesla substations on the Bethlehem Steel site from you know well over 100 years ago. Um, you get the, of course the electric tower from 1901, right? The pandemic panic expo. You know we were part of that uh, energy economy to begin with. We have a fantastic manufacturing base here with highly trained workers. Um, there is going to be a pretty rapid scale here in American manufacturing for clean energy products. Why is that? Uh, the Tesla plant here is a good example, but maybe not the best story uh, in terms of growth. But this recent production, this recent um, bill that just passed, uh, you know, really pushes people like Clean Capital to use American-made solar panels, American-made batteries, um, and that manufacturing has to be made somewhere. You marry that to there was an infrastructure bill passed last year. It's all about grid and other major investments that are going to happen in places like Buffalo to grow. Uh, you know, our, um, or to, to fix up and get our infrastructure in place, we should be le leaning into the clean energy space with some of those investments. Now, I'll, I'll say that we have actually only done okay as a city doing this. Um, you know, Georgia is recruiting all of these manufacturing facilities right now. Texas is, you know, we are not uh, leveraging the assets that we have as a city. Cheap power, well-trained workforce, um, you know, a governor who cares about what's going on in here in Western New York. Uh, we need to be out on the road recruiting some of these companies to come here and bring their manufacturing here. And that, that's everyone from, you know, city leaders to politicians to uh, up the food chain. And if we do, you know, we are very well positioned to be part of the, the economy of the future. So some of the, the recent legislation over the last few years that you mentioned will incentivize, you know, domestic manufacturing. There's kind of this wave after the pandemic of onshoring with manufacturing and localizing of supply chains. You know, we're pitching the hydropower asset to manufacturers all the time, and it's obviously a really desirable asset um, for our audience. You know, you talked about in your answer, like the the mindset of dis business decision makers changing and setting clean energy goals for their companies 
that along with just the affordability, you know, reliability of that power, like for that one specific asset, because it's something we talk about so often and companies, you know, are always asking us about um, how attractive do you think that is to a private business that's considering either a relocation or an expansion? Yeah, the nice thing about the hydro plant is it's built, it's operating, and it's providing us cheap, cheap power. Uh, you know, it's not it's not standard, um, and so I think it helps them in terms of their operations. And you know, when you hear the, the data center challenge right now, all the data centers are being built nationwide uh, or internationally. You know, when you, when Google, eBay, Apple, and others say we're going to power those, including Microsoft. We're going to power those 100% by renewable energy. They got to get that power somewhere. Um, hydro counts in many of those cases. So there's potential for that. We need to be out uh, actively recruiting industry leaders here and, and selling. And I think there are people like you guys doing this. I'm not going to say that there aren't. There clearly are. But I think we need to step up our game here in Western New York um, to, to not miss this window of time. Right. So just within the last six months to a year there was plug powers green hydrogen facility that went um the yeah. first tenant of the stamp site in genesee county and then just last week there was another governor's release about electrovia with lithium-ion battery storage going to chautauqua county um you know what kind of industries do you think we're poised to to be able to grab like you know are there a lot of green hydrogen projects is it you know obviously battery storage and how to store more electricity for longer is obviously an important yeah. part of the clean energy transfer you know where do you think the region should focus it's a fantastic question i think it's hard to it's hard to answer because there's so many different components to go after right so it's manufacturing of electric vehicle infrastructure plug power it's got a fascinating company there's a great one in Tonawanda called Stark Technologies, which is an integrator, which is actually, you know, growing leaps and bounds. And they are working with companies to figure out how to bring solutions into their operations. So you have everything from engineering to finance to manufacturing when it comes to clean energy uh, and more. And so, you know, I think the best place is to have a diverse approach, right? And, and bring... Um, you know, you got John Williams doing batteries in an old auto plant here in Western New York as a good example, right? Um, there's just so many cool things that we can do. Uh, and um, the, I think the key is that we need to help tell a story both to the, there's going to be a lot of new companies that are emerging out of this uh, in having folks like the venture capitalists and others that are backing them, the private equity firms that are buying them. Uh, or the investors putting their money in to you know shine a light on Buffalo and say here's a great place with the great cost of living and a highly trained workforce. You know you can bring your operations here versus going to Georgia where you know many of the political leaders don't even believe in climate change and may on a whim change the deal they're cutting with you. Um, but we got we we don't do we need to do a better job at telling that story. Yeah, hopefully this podcast is uh, part of the yeah. story. That, it, it definitely is yeah. part of the story that we'll use. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's funny, Greg. I feel like I'm speaking to the uh, uh, to folks that probably like. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. I think we need an elevated, concerted effort by our political leaders on this, and um, you know, it's just getting out of the comfort zone a little bit. And I think having these conversations will help educate them on it's actually not rocket science. It's actually pretty easy, and this is the wave of the future. And we need to get on before others beat us to it. So I did 
Um, before we wrap, just want to talk to you, um, I guess, just kind of generally about Buffalo. I mean, you you kind of gave us the rundown of your career at the beginning of the conversation, obviously living overseas, spending time in D.C. So, um, you know, you're what we would call a Buffalo boomerang and, and came back. So okay. I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit of, you know, why you'd make that decision, quality of life factors, what should you know, we just talked about our pitch to clean energy companies. What should our pitch to talent that we're trying to get to move back home be? Yeah. Um, you know, I was one of those uh, kids that the first thing I opened up in the morning was the Buffalo News, not the Washington Post, when I got to work and check what's going on at home. So, you know, I always had, obviously, a, and had season tickets to the Bills for 20 years, even when I was living down in D.C. Um, but, you know, I'd come home to Buffalo and I'd go visit my parents who lived in Clarence and you know, basically the window time spent on the other side of Transit Road um, and not really see what was humming here. And then I was lucky enough when I was working for this company called Bloom Energy, one of our board members was a guy named Steve Case who had what was known as the Rise of the Rust Tour. And um, he came up here to Buffalo with his bus, you know, talked about the innovation economy. Um, and he was looking to invest in a variety of stuff. Well, I found out he was coming and I sent him an email saying, hey, here's the three places I think you should go for chicken wings. And uh, he said, come with me. So I came on the bus with him and it was an eye-opening experience for me to really connect, reconnect with all that was moving in the medical corridor and, you know, 43 North and just the real potential that, that is, that continues to bubble here with, you know, I'm sitting here in Seneca one, a tower that many of us thought may be empty for another decade, but it's it's become this buzzing tech hub of exciting stuff, thanks to M&T and Douglas Jamal and, you know, Serendipity Labs and others. Um, so when I, you know, I said to my wife after that trip, we'll find a way to get back home. And, you know, there's a series of reasons that it's been great for us. Um, family, you know, big skiers, not like the bills are winning. Um, and, you know, there's definitely challenges. Like when I look around it, you know, there is an emerging amount of, of capital and investors here that understand innovation, um, but it's still a pretty small pool. And, you know, you've got to be able to understand how to reach beyond that to find uh, partners. The talent pool for workers is phenomenal. Like, you know, we've hired really great team members here in Buffalo that are dedicated and, um, and really are just could be leaders in the industry wherever they are. So it's been a great place to come back to. We've had a lot of fun. Um, you know, there's things we miss about being in Washington, D.C. or, you know, I go to New York for work. Um, but the reality is I've got three little kids, fantastic place to raise a family. Uh, I love the work we're doing. Um, and it's just sort of good to be home. And I feel like there's a lot of, I, I just, I call, I like the boomerang term. I call them expats. There's a lot of expats out there that have looked to do the same. And, you know, um, if you guys are, if you're an expat listening to this, like, think long and hard about it, especially in the new economy where you can work from anywhere. It's a great place to be. Awesome. I'm actually I'm flying down to DC to watch the Bills game in Exiles, Buffalo Bills backers bar and uh, make the same pitch to a bunch of the expats down there. So this I love is a it. timely conversation. <laughs> yeah. I used to go to that bar all the time. I know it pretty well. <laughs> I one uh, co-worker met his wife there, so he's pretty excited. Oh, really? Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, well, thank you very much for, for your time and obviously all yeah. you do for Western New York. Before I let you go, we always end on a couple of hard-hitting blizzard round questions. Yeah. So if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? 
Mm, that's a great one. Uh, Rocky Road, because I've been, I feel like my, my uh, career path has been a roller coaster, <laughs> uh, for sure. What's a, uh, what's a book or TV show that you'd recommend? Um, a book or TV show. Um, can I flip to an app? Can I recommend an app? I've been doing a lot of meditating recently. There's a great, uh, app called 10%, which is for folks that are super busy. I did not start to do this this summer. It's been life-changing for me. So, um, you know, finding that 10 minutes a day to, to step back and clear your mind has been a wonderful exercise. So I'd say over, a, over a book or, a um, uh, a TV show that's been been game changing for me. Awesome. And murders wow. in this building. If you haven't seen murders in the building uh, with Steve Martin and Martin Martin Short, you got to see that. <laughs> yeah. um, how about uh, do you prefer hiking or skiing? Ooh, that's super tough one. Uh, I'm a diehard skier. My my podcast is called Experts Only because it's got double black diamonds in it. Um, but yeah, I'd say skiing. I think it, I love them both. I love them both. My, they're my happy places. How about Bills or Sabers? Oh, no doubt. I, 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 I'm a football guy at heart, so the Bills. I love the Sabers too. In fact, Owen, my son is named Owen Powers, so uh, we're super, <laughs> super excited about Owen Power being here. That's pretty amazing. Um, and last question, most important: chicken wings. Do you prefer a drumstick or a flat? Oh, drumsticks with lots of. I, I always have to get my own blue cheese because people get insulted by the amount of blue cheese I put on my chicken so um thank you greg for what you're doing too i mean helping tell the story of what's going on here um it's it's fantastic and there's you know some point we should do a round table on all the clean energy stuff because there's just so much going on here it's, it's fantastic yeah sounds great thank you very much yeah thank you bell ringer is a podcast by invest buffalo niagara the region's nonprofit, privately funded economic development organization, bringing new jobs for our neighbors and new investment for our neighborhoods. Come grow your business with us.